Um, guys, let me uh, just try to um, outline how we're going to function or how we're going to manage the last few verses of Galatians chapter 5 and t- tonight and next week. There's only two more weeks and then I'm gone for a while. Actually, I'm off for the summer. But last week we looked at the first half of verse 25, if we live by the Spirit. Remember that? Um, the whole idea of regeneration. Uh, have we been brought to life by the, by the, um, by the Spirit of God? Uh, if we live by the Spirit... Uh, I'm, I'm going to insert a word in here. It's not in the text, and so don't. But it's an if-then argument. If we live by the Spirit, then that's the word I just added now. So, but if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. Let us also walk by the Spirit. Now, verse 26, we're not even going to cover until next fall. Um, most commentaries put 26 with 6-1, and I do too. It's it's really about conceit and i don't know i mean it seems to not be not fit there it should be in chapter six so and then but next week we're going to go back um up to uh, verse 18 and go through verse 23 all in one week i I really didn't think that you wanted me to tell you what strife was (laughs) or particularly what what orgies are Uh, but it's right there in the text right there um and so we're just going to kind of casually not casually we'll quickly go through those um, because one describes the life of um, the flesh and the other the life of the spirit. Okay, so we'll wind up um, next week with, with that section. All right, uh, and by the way, Ed, um, Susie and I do leave 10 days from now, and I, I'm going to say this several times, but if you, are, if you are walking by my house, driving by my house, running by my house, or biking by my house, and you notice that my plants are in need of water, um, there is a hose there um, at your disposal. And, um, and just turn it off when you're done. So just, just water that daylight. <laughs> Did I tell y'all, I didn't, um, you know, I work out at the Germantown Community Center, and, you know, I, I pretty much keep to myself. I, I want to get in there. I want to get out. I'm in a hurry, you know. And this man that I've never seen before, he doesn't go to church here, this man walks up to me one day, uh, one day and this is, I don't know, a couple of years ago, comes up to me at the Germantown Community Center, and he said, uh, uh, are you uh, Reverend Young? I said, yes, sir, I am. He said, um, uh, you know, your, your front yard's pretty nice, but your side yard stinks. <laughs> it's an embarrassment. It looks awful. Can you imagine that? <laughs> For some reason, he had the, the you know, the, the right to tell me how badly my, back, my side yard looked. Well, Karen Jordan heard about that, and so she's been, you know, she's been fixing it. Well, I've been fixing, I've been doing the digging, but she, anyway, it's getting better, and I don't want to lose it, you know. So just have, knock yourself out. And check the backyard, too. <laughs> this guy couldn't see my backyard. Um, all right, guys. Um, I want to show you something that I've never seen before. I've never seen this. I, I didn't know this happened. I really didn't. This is an English Standard Version of the Bible. This is an English Standard Version of the Bible. They're both ESVs. But when it comes to the second half of verse 25, they have different words. I've never seen that. If they're both ESVs, you would think they've got the same words. But this is different than this. This is a, this is a Bible with notes, which I don't, um, I don't... I use this from the pulpit. 
Um, but the but the way that it's translated here is different from this, and I and I'll I'll show you. Um, um, we're, we're in verse 25. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. This translation says, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Is that, is that, well, this one, this is uh, an ESV. And it says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. That's all it says. Now, the reason that that confusion exists is because the word that is translated walk is a different word than you, than you find, say, in verse 16, where it says, walk by the Spirit. You see it in verse 16? That's a, verse 25 has a different Greek word for walk than up here in verse 16. Uh, the word down in 25 is, um, is a word that has to do with like walking in line or walking, uh, uh, and, that, and that's how the translation got this, keep in step with the Spirit. But to me, it almost trivializes the whole thing, and I, and, I, and I prefer what's here. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. But just to tell you that those, um, there are two different Greek words in verse uh, 25 and, and verse 26, but both of them are appealing to us to walk uh, behind the leadership of the, of the Holy Spirit. Now, what does it mean to walk by the Spirit? And that's what we're going to talk about tonight, and I, and I hope I can give you some help there without it being too... Um, ethereal. Um, what does it mean to walk by the Spirit? Well, first of all, ladies and gentlemen, um, it means it is more than simple obedience, but it is not less than simple obedience. What does it mean to walk in the Spirit? Well, it means at least simple obedience, but it means more than simple obedience. Now, just someone as an aside, we're told to walk by the Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? And we've, we've gone over this before, and I think this is okay. I think you get this. But um, the Holy Spirit is a divine person whose job it is to glorify Christ. You remember in John 16 where Jesus is introducing the whole um, issue of the Holy Spirit, and he says, this is John 16, 14, and Jesus says, he will glorify me. There is a certain shyness about the Holy Spirit. It is as if the Holy Spirit does not want to be seen. He just wants to point you to Christ. And so any movement that you find yourself caught up in that takes your attention away from God the Son and places it onto God the Holy Spirit, you know you're in a bad place. Because Jesus says, the role of the Holy Spirit is to glorify me. He is, um, and I'm, I'm using that word shyness, he, he is not trying to draw attention to himself. And where you find that being done, you know that you're in somewhat of an imbalanced environment. Now, um, so it's God the Holy Spirit um, seeking to accomplish his role, which is to glorify the Son by enabling and instructing when it comes to simple obedience, but beyond that, all right? Now, that said... Um, I have made much and will continue to do so about this, this uh, distinction that you find in verses 16 and 18. Because it says, um, 
uh, its flesh, uh, in contradiction, contradic- contradistinction, uh, in the life of the spirit, and th- that's sixteen. But then in verse eighteen, he uses the word law. So, um, excuse me. So these two things are just two different ways of saying the same thing. The battle that we're in, as I've said, this is the third straight week, the battle that we're in is a, is a battle between flesh slash law um, versus spirit. So, I said last week that, that crucifying the flesh means that we identify and dismantle all of those idols that we look to as our, that we created our own strategies to try to meet our own needs. We have this instinctive resistance to grace. Our default mode is always law. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the same thing as this. So, once you've identified all of your pseudo-Christs, and, and, and by that I mean... Um, the things that we are looking, the things that we think that we've got to have to, to make life, to, to give us the kind of worth and identity that we want. Once you've identified those pseudo Christs, we must replace those with the real Christ which is not simply an intellectual exercise, guys. Um, What then is it? Well, gang, walking by the Spirit is simple obedience, but it's more. And the more is, methinks, it comes as we reflect on the love of God for us as revealed in the person and work of Christ until those things, those pseudo-Christs, lose their grip on my affections. Um, I, I reflect on the, the love of God in Christ Jesus until those other things lose their grasp on my affections, such that Jesus Christ becomes more beautiful to me than the thing that I thought I had to have to ever be happy. All right, we're, we're going to develop that a little bit. But guys, you get that. Simple obedience, uh, yes, um, but more. And the more is, as I identify those pseudo-Christs that I look to to save me, I reflect um, on the, the beauty of what Christ has accomplished for me until those things that I thought I had to have lose their grip on my affections. Now, let me give you two examples, or not examples, but um, um, expansions. Paul writes to the Ephesians church, and this is in chapter 3, Ephesians chapter 3, verse, uh, I forget, uh, 14 or so, and he says, 
Um, I pray that you would know the height and the depth and the breadth of what? The law of God. No, ladies and gentlemen, your Bible doesn't say that. Paul says, I want you to know the height and the depth and the breadth of the love of God. So much so that ultimately that thing that I thought I had to have loses its grip over my soul, over my affections. Let me give you another example. We, we looked at this text last week, and I, and I really wish you could turn there with me. It's in Ezekiel, um, Ezekiel 16. And we, we do not have time to um, go over Ezekiel 16. But you remember, we were talking about regeneration last week, and I pointed out verse 8, when God walks by and sees me squirming in my blood, and he says, live. Now, guys, <clears throat> this is a very long chapter. It is 63 verses to it. But from verse 8 on... God walks by this creature and says, live. It's a little girl. Um, um, verse 9, I bathed you with water and washed you and clothed you in embroidered cloth and wrapped you in fine linen. And verse 11, I adorned you with ornaments and put bracelets. And I put, verse 12, I put a ring on your nose and a beautiful crown on your head. Thus you were adorned with gold and silver. Um, and your, verse 14, and your renown went forth among the nations because of your beauty, for it was... Perfect through the splendor that I had bestowed upon you, that says, declares the Lord God. Do you get that? <clears throat> God comes walking by and he says, live, and we're squirming in our blood, and he says, live. And then he takes care of us. And then he adds this and this and this and this and this and this until your beauty was renowned. From verse 15 on, look at verse 15. But you trusted in your beauty. I gave you that beauty. I put that gold ring in your nose. I, I, you know, all the, all your reputation around the world is being beautiful. I gave it all to you, but you trusted in your beauty. And from that point on, ladies and gentlemen, this story goes downhill. And you begin to see what she does. She begins to sell herself. Um, verse 22, and in all your abominations and your whorings, you did not remember the days of your youth when you were naked and bare, wallowing in your blood. It gets worse. Then she starts um, offering all of her favors, all of her whorish favors, to men and didn't charge any price. And, and the text says, even prostitutes charge, but not you. No, it's just... From verse 15, it gets worse and worse, and you did this, and then you got your sister involved, and, and she did this, and this, and I, and, I, and I made you live, and I made you beautiful, and your renown was all around the world, et cetera, et cetera. And you did this, and this, and this, and this. And the picture is, read it tonight, guys. It's fascinating. I mean, it's glorious. But she just takes everything that God gave her and misuses it. Now, look at verse 62. God's still speaking and he says, I will establish my covenant with you and you shall know that I am the Lord that you may remember and be confounded and never, never open your mouth again because of your shame when I 
atone for you for all that you have done, declares the Lord God. Guys, do you see how the chapter ends? I made you live, I gave you all this beauty, and then you went in that direction, you rebelled, and you sinned, and you, you, you scoffed, and you forgot me, and you did all that. It's just, mm, it's awful, it's awful, it's awful, it's awful, she's terrible, she's terrible. And then God says, but those days are going to be forgotten when I atone for your sin. You're going to atone for the sin of her? You're going to provide a payment for her sin? After all that she did? Oh, surely not. No, nobody would nobody would save somebody this awful. This God would. What I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen, is that I reflect on that and the beauty of that provision until it finally loosens the grip of that thing that I thought I had to have. I come to know the height and the depth and the breadth of the love of God. Not the law of God. The love of God. And as I reflect on that, having identified the things that I think I need, those things lose their glamour next to this provision that God has made for somebody as wicked as I am. Do you know how little we deserve this grace thing? And yet he says, I will establish my covenant with you. And all of this is going to be forgotten when I atone for your sin. Not you atone for it. Not you getting baptized. Not you giving big money. No. I'm going to step in and I'm going to atone for the sin of people who did this to me. That is, that is, that's unheard of. And the more I know of the beauty of that gospel, the more these pseudo-Christs let go I mean, they have, they have no, no more firm grasp over my affections because my affections have been swept away by the beauty of this. Guys, you hear what I'm saying? Walking in the Spirit is. It's simple obedience, yes, but it's more. It is me reflecting more and more and more on the love of God until the attraction that these pseudo-Christs have for my, my affections are broken. Now, let me show you that in a text. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And this is a this is something. It's something for a lot of reasons, but gang, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. And we all with unveiled face. Beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Now, guys, I got I to do some... Um, I got to impress you with my, my vast 
working knowledge of the Greek language. <laughs> um, don't believe that. Um, the word that is translated behold, um, beholding the glory of the Lord, the, the Greek word is a very complex and very difficult. In fact, it's called an hapax legomena. In the Greek New Testament, when a word appears one time, it's called a hapax legomena. Therefore, you can't do a word study on the word because it's a hapax. It's only one time found in the whole New Testament. Gang, it's such a long word. Um, <laughs> that's the word. I'm not even sure I can pronounce it. Um, but it's a, it's a combination of several little... Con- Paul does this. He, he creates, he manufactures words. Now, gang, all of our translations do something different. Um, for instance, the, the, the ESV says, beholding the glory. That is really not a good translation. Um, uh, <laughs> I hate to say this, but the best translation is the King James translation. Attaboy, Ron. <laughs> um, the King James, the New King James, and the New American Standard. All translated something like this. Beholding as in a mirror. And very honestly, ladies and gentlemen, that's, that's truer to that word. Um, the, the, the noun form for mirror is in this word. It's not just beholding as the... Uh, beholding as glory, as the ESV says. It's beholding as looking into a mirror. Again, what did I just tell you? Walking, it means that I'm reflecting upon the love of God until those pseudo-Christ lose their grip on me, on my affections, and I find this more beautiful than I, than I found that. Now, with that in mind, let me read it to you again. With all with the unveiled faith, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. See, I'm looking at this thing. I'm staring at it and being transformed into the same image. From one degree of glory to another. It's a process, ladies and gentlemen. It's, <laughs> I know you don't understand, but... In the Greek language, you have the um, you have the active voice, the passive voice, and the middle voice. We don't have much of that in the English language, but the middle voice, it's it's reflective. I am reflecting on the glory of the Lord myself. I'm looking at a mirror, and the longer I gaze at the mirror, my image gets transformed by one degree to the next to look more and more like what I'm seeing in the reflection. I see the glory of the Lord. Gang, walking in the Spirit is simple obedience, yes, but it's more. It is having identified my my pseudo-Christs, 
my idols. I, I tried to find another word because I know you get tired of hearing me say idols. But um, identify my pseudo-Christ, my, my God substitutes. Well, the way I'll really be a, my, the big shot is, I, you know, I'll make a lot of money. You know, uh, that's what will really make me happy. You know, if I, can, if I can just get a date to the prom, you know, uh, you know that, 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 that'll do it. Those things that I think I've got to have so that my life will have worth. And so here's what I do. I reflect on the beauty of the gospel, the beauty of the Savior, the beauty of God's love. I remember that I'm the one that turned my back on him. And you know what he did? Instead of kicking me under the bus, he atoned for my sin himself. And the more I reflect upon that, my pseudo-Christs, lose their grip on my affections. And I find myself chasing after a path of life set out for me by God the Holy Spirit. That's why the word is different in verse 25 than it is in verse 18, 16. It's walking in line. I'm, I'm being led, but the walking I do, we'll talk about that in just a second. But guys, if I'm right, that this is a process of reflecting, looking into this and, 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 and seeing the glory of Jesus bouncing back at me, like, like this word seems to suggest, then I find my image being changed in degrees, becoming more like that one. That's walking in the Spirit, ladies and gentlemen. We gaze at something long enough that we grow to resemble it. And he doesn't ask you to gaze at law. He asks you to gaze at love that I might know the height and the depth and the breadth of the love of God. The Holy Spirit changes us by affecting the heart and life by what we see and we know of the person of Jesus Christ. Now, guys, if that's right, if I am to reflect upon the beauty of Christ Jesus and his, his finished work for this undeserving guy that was wallowing in his own blood and then used all the gifts that he gave me for my own purposes and squandered them all and used them to rebel against him, and then he went and saved me anyway. I mean, if, if this is right, that I, that I walk by the Spirit, by identifying my pseudo-Christs and replacing them with the real Christ by reflecting on his love and his provision until I've gazed at it long enough that I begin to resemble it. If that is true,
Do you understand, my dear friend, that if you spend very little time in here, you ain't got a chance. If you come to church on Sunday mornings depending on me and my 35-minute little ditty to beef up your soul, no. I'm alive by the Spirit. We're alive by the Spirit and we're supposed to walk. What that means is I reflect on this long enough until I begin to resemble it. And so if you're not doing any reflecting on this, you won't be walking by the Spirit. I look at it, and I look at it, and I look at it, and I look at it. You know, guys, um, you know, when Paul writes in Philippians 4, 8, and he says, whatsoever things are beautiful, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good and right, and all that business, and then he says, let your mind dwell on these things. Well, you know what? As far as I know, Fox News isn't producing a whole lot of that. And neither is CNN. And if that's where you gaze, that's what you begin to look like. Now, I want to do one thing. It, I, it says I've got three minutes, but I'm going to take about four. <laughs> I want to read you a quote. This is from John Stott. Most of you know John Stott. Um, most of you have read a book by John Stott, uh, or some of you have read a book by John Stott, but well-respected. And, and very frankly, guys, this is a summary of what it means to walk by the Spirit. And he is saying a lot of what you just heard. Actually, a lot of what you just heard I got from John Stott. <laughs> Um, but listen, so to walk by the Spirit is deliberately to walk along the same path or according to the same line which the Holy Spirit lays down. Now, I underscore the word deliberately because, ladies and gentlemen, the Holy Spirit leads me. He lays down the line, yes, but I walk. The Spirit leads us, but we are to walk by Him according to His rule. As therefore we crucify the flesh, repudiating what we know to be wrong, so too we must walk by the Spirit, setting ourselves to follow what we know to be right, We reject one path to follow another. We turn from what is evil in order to occupy ourselves with what is good. And if it is vital to be ruthless in turning away from the things of the flesh, it is equally vital 
to be disciplined in turning towards the things of the Spirit. I'm gazing, gazing, gazing. I added that. The Scripture says we are to set our minds on the things of the Spirit, to seek the things that are above, to set our minds on that which is above, to think about these things, whatever is true and honorable, just and pure, lovely and gracious. I reflect, I gaze on those things until the grip that those pseudo-Christs have on me is broken. And I find those things more beautiful than that. The things that I thought I had to have. And the more that my affections change, the more I come to the place where I don't need to need it. I close with this. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. If you then have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. That, I think, ladies and gentlemen, is a succinct summary of what it means to walk by the Spirit. Oh God, might your people be aided. Might um, a bit of clarity be theirs such that we can um, win in this battle over flesh and law so that we can find that everything that we ever thought we needed, all of it is found in Christ and Him crucified. Might the beauty of staring at Him long enough loosen the grip of those of those God substitutes that we thought we had to have and give us fresh empowerments to walk away from that and walk towards the beauty of the gospel. We ask all of this, of course, in Jesus' name.